Sometimes we just need to slow down. Take a deep breath and say, our Lord, still king of the universe. He's still sovereign. And even though we run to and fro, he gives us his peace. The peace that passes all understanding. So if you will turn in your Bibles to chapter, uh, the first chapter of Matthew. It'll continue on with, um, if you will, the Christmas story. And the Christmas story is such a great story, such a great narrative, such a great teaching. That's why I've not kept it to one week. That we've shown throughout the various aspects of the Christmas story. And this is one that sometimes gets overlooked, but I think it's worthy for us to look at it and worthy for us to emulate what Joseph does. And so in the first chapter of Matthew, starting with verse 18, it says this, now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. The teaching will continue to be that Jesus came forth from a virgin. The Old Testament predicted that. And we'll see that in a moment. The scriptures tell us that he was born of a virgin. And yet you will hear theologians argue the fact. It tells us that before Mary and Joseph came together, that she was already found with child by the Holy Spirit. The next verse follows and says, they were, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to set, send her away secretly. What does this mean? Joseph, being a righteous man, followed what God had told him to do. He followed not only the priest of what the law commanded, but he did so with a heart of following the Lord. He was a righteous man. But being a righteous man, he also didn't want to participate, if you will, in unrighteousness. And so Mary, having been found to be with child, and they were betrothed, which is different than our engagement in in our engagement, we simply ask someone to marry us. And they say yes, and we sit a date. And you're not married until that formal commitment and ceremony and so forth. In the Jewish law, you became betrothed. It was a contractual arrangement, sometimes made by the parents, sometimes made by others. But it was a contractual relationship. But there was a period of time between that contractual 
and when the marriage became fully marriage. And so they're in that intermediate stage, contractually married, but have not yet come together. And Joseph being a righteous man saying, well, wait a minute. I don't want to participate in Mary's unrighteousness because she's pregnant. So he decides that he's going to put her away secretly. That's a nice way of saying he's going to divorce her secretly. But the reason he's going to divorce her secretly is because he does not want to disgrace her. So in his righteousness, he is not self-righteous. He's not vindictive. He simply says, I don't want to participate, but I don't want to add further harm to her. So I'm going to divorce her, but I'm going to do that secretly so that she's not further disgraced in the community and others by going through a divorce proceeding that says, the reason I want a divorce is she's unfaithful. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, I want to stop there. This dream is not like yours and my dream. I'm sure like you, like me, I've had some really real dreams. I've also had some really strange dreams. And there'll be some dreams that you have that you want to share with and say, you know what I dreamt and whatever. And I've also known dreams have been so real that you kind of want to do something about it. And I remember one time as a, a teenager, my mother was mad at me and she said that I did something. And I go, I didn't do that. When do you think I did that? And all of a sudden she paused and she goes, did I dream that? I go, you must have because I didn't do that. You know, not, you know, I may not be totally innocent, but I didn't do that. And so there's this sometimes that we get caught up in dreams that we think are so real, but that is not what happens here. You see, it says that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He didn't dream about an angel. An angel appeared to him in a dream, which means that this dream is one of the ways God communicates to his people. It'll talk about that old men and young men will dream dreams and prophesy. So a part of God talking to you is in this not dream state of sleep, but this dream state of God communicating and in this dream of communication, an angel appears to Joseph. And, and this angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This angel tells Joseph that this child is unique, one of a kind in all of the history of humanity. Previously, a angel came to Zacharias, who was an old man, who was married to an old woman, who was barren. And that angel said, you're going to have a child, you're going to have a son, and you're going to name him John. And this child, while in the womb, will be filled with the Holy Spirit which again makes him different than most children. And he has been ordained with a task 
to be the forerunner of the Messiah. The angel here tells Joseph, not that he's going to be full of the Holy Spirit, but that he has been conceived, that he's been created by the Holy Spirit. This makes Jesus the Messiah unique in all of humanity. He truly is the Son of God. So when you hear people discuss, well, is Jesus, Jesus was just a good teacher. Jesus was a prophet. And I'm going, well, if Jesus was such a good teacher, why don't you do what he teaches us to do? You know, things like love one another as he's loved us and gave himself up for us. To love God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, and all our strength. To love our neighbor as ourselves. As we read earlier, to go therefore and teach all that he's commanded, making disciples. You don't see people who say that he's a good teacher following his teaching. But part of his teaching was, I am. Part of his teaching was, I am the son of God. When he said, I am the son of man, he didn't say, I'm human. He's saying, I'm that guy who, and Daniel was talking about, when the Ancient of Days comes, I'm, I'm God. That's his teaching. And as far as the prophet, yeah, he was a prophet. He said that the, uh, you destroy him, and in three days he would rise again. He also told us he's coming back. Well, you can tell people don't treat that as a prophecy because we live as if he's not. But to deny who he is is to deny the testimony of Jesus. It is to deny the testimony of the scripture. And it is to deny the testimony of God himself. Because God said, Behold my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus is the son of God. He has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is told this so that he doesn't have to be concerned about Mary being unfaithful to him, but that Mary has been used as a vessel to bring forth the Son of God. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Just like John was pre-named, Jesus has been pre-named as well. He is going to be, and that Jesus is the Greek form, the Hebrew form is Yahshua. His name shall be Yahshua, Jesus. You're going to name him that, for he will save his people from their sins. Notice it didn't say he will cover his people from their sins. He didn't say will ignore their sins. He said he will save them from what a wonderful ministry John had a great ministry he was going to proclaim the coming of the Messiah but John could only point Jesus was the one who was going to fulfill the scriptures and was going to fulfill the fact that we no longer have to carry and be burdened 
and be ashamed of our sin. Because he will save their people from their sin. Now there's an explanation that Matthew gives in the middle of, of an event because he wants us to understand, and he's writing to generally a Jewish audience, that God is fulfilling a Old Testament prophecy. And he says, now all this took place to fulfill what was uh, spoken to by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. First off, Matthew is saying, this is a fulfillment of scripture. You think that it's difficult for an old man and an old woman to have a child. We've done it a couple of times. We did it with Abraham and Sarah. We've done it with Zacharias and Elizabeth. But as he told Mary, a child shall be conceived from a virgin, for nothing is impossible with So we come to celebrate the birth of this one who's not an ordinary child, not just an ordinary baby, but one who is Emmanuel, God with not just God at some near location, but God with us. And the promise that we have been given that has been fulfilled, that he dwells within his people. We talk about Jesus living in our heart. But that's what he does. He comes and he dwells and he lives within us. It is God with us, not just from the time that he became a baby till he was ascended to heaven. And he's still God with us. He is still Emmanuel. And Joseph woke from the sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. So here's a couple of things. Jesus has been given a name that Joseph obeys by naming Jesus that. He also keeps Mary a virgin until. Now our Catholic brothers and sisters want to say that the Virgin Mary is still a virgin. That's not what the scriptures teach. First here the scripture says he kept her a virgin until the birth. We're also told that a bunch of brothers and sisters come to Jesus while Jesus is ministering and um, think he's a little crazy, want to bring him home. They're not really believers. Think he's kind of out there. Well, they say, well, that's not really brothers and sisters in the biological sense. It's, it's while we call each other brother and sister. Well, if that's true, then what Jesus says makes no sense because if they were just brothers and sisters as we call each other brothers and sisters, then why does he say, well, who's my brother? Who's my sister? But the one who does the will of God. So 
Mary gave birth as a virgin. She didn't stay there. Joseph and Mary had a regular marital relationship. Now we hear a lot of people say, well, Joseph must have died sometime before Jesus' ministry because X, Y, and Z. It's possible. It's also possible they lived to be rightful age, and his job was to continue being a carpenter and making some money for the family. Because the story is not about Joseph. We talk about, and we see Mary kind of in some of the scriptures, because we all get to identify with Jesus in this point about how Mary comes to him and says, well, there's a problem at a wedding and you need to fix it. And if you've been a child of a mom, you know she's always trying to get you to fix things. She's a mom. On top of that, we see because there was a prophecy that said that her soul would be pure. And she was there at his crucifixion for that to happen. But again, the story is not about Mary. It's not about Joseph. It's about Joshua, Jesus, the Messiah. But we need to emulate Joseph in this sense. Notice, as soon as he awoke from the dream, he took action. It says, when he awoke from the sleep, he and did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Didn't say he thought about it and wondered if it was a good idea or he struggled with the idea. He took immediate action because God had told him to take immediate action. But we all want to wait. Even when it comes to salvation, there's this time when we hear the Spirit calling us to faith. We hold on to the pew and say, maybe next week, maybe later. Or God calls us to some ministry. And well, you know, it, that's really hard and I don't know. And we want to put it off and put it off and put it off. Joseph has said, you're married to Mary. Continue on and raise the Son of God. Now, preaching every week, I don't think it's that hard. Sometimes the hardest part is knowing what the next series ought to be or whatever. Not tough. Now, I guess if you don't like to talk, it would be a real struggle. Pastoring a church can be difficult. It can be more difficult at some times than others when everybody loves everybody and everybody thinks you're wonderful, kind of cool, and everybody thinks you're kind of uh, the Antichrist, not so great. So sometimes it can be difficult. But notice Joseph's ministry. 
be there and protect and raise the Son of God. Everybody, and rightfully so, blesses Mary. Rightfully so. She is favored by God. Joseph's the head of the house. Joseph chose his righteousness by doing what God says to do immediately. As Mary, we need to emulate her and that she submitted to God's will. And when we submit to God's will, we need to be like Joseph and to do it immediately. And not to find excuse and not to find delay and not to find reasons to do something else. to do what he was called to do. Kept her a virgin. Didn't matter what his biological urges were. He kept her a virgin. And then he was protector and the leader of a family that was to have Emmanuel. Now, as difficult as that might have been, think about the blessing. That this child that they're going to hold is God with them. His first steps that he took, see the steps of God. To see when he drives you crazy and you're afraid because you don't know where he is and you finally find him in the temple and he says, guess what? I'm in my father's house. Sometimes the ministry that God calls for us to do may seem unusual and may seem difficult. But there are blessings untold while we are faithful in doing it. Like Joseph, we may not get a lot of pages in the scriptures about who we are and what we do. But God knows. And God blesses. And God gives his people blessings unfathomably rich. So you may not be called to raise the Son of God, but we've been told as we sang the first song, go tell it on a mountain that Jesus Christ is He's not just a baby. He's not just a child of peace. He is the Lord of Lords. And he is the King of Kings. And we worship him because he deserves it, because he is God in the flesh. God with us. And he hasn't left us or forsaken us. He is still Emmanuel.
And so when we rush here and there and are afraid that we don't have enough money to buy the gifts that we need to buy or that we might have left somebody out and we're so afraid that we might hurt somebody's feelings, remember that God's not just gave you a gift that what we call Christmas gift. He continues to do so because God is still with you and all of God's people.